You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined, as always, by Perry Goldstein and... I don't know about you, Perry, but I'm still kind of riding the Victory Monday high, especially because it was a short week. So now we're going into a game tomorrow already, Thursday. It's Wednesday as we record this, but feeling a lot better. It's a lot more fun to talk about matchups when you you think you've got a chance versus when you're uh, predicting the downfall of the season. So we've got that going for us, at least going into Thursday Night Football, which is nice. But Packers-Titans at Lambeau Field, Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime. How are you feeling about it? Feeling better than I was a week ago. Agreed. I think this Packers team has shown us that they at least have the ability to beat a good team with the formula that they used against the Cowboys. Um, I Now I will say, I think this Titans team is a slightly different matchup for a couple of different reasons that I know we're going to dive into, but defensively, they're actually pretty similar to the Cowboys So it will be interesting to see, A, do the Packers do what they did against the Cowboys and is it successful? And B, do the Titans respond after seeing what the Packers did to the Cowboys? And will the Packers have answers for their response? That was very meta. But, um, you know, yeah, the Titans are coming into Lambeau. Last time that happened, we saw an A.J. Dillon breakout game, um, first of his career in the snow. It's a very, it feels like a very off kind of random matchup it's an AFC opponent Um, they're fighting for their division their playoff spot too they have a quarterback who's able to make enough throws to do what he needs to do to get wins and a coach that's coming off uh, coach of the year so it should be very intriguing on a short week for the Packers 
Yeah, I mean, this is a team, too, that's really interesting. I think this is the first time that the Packers have ever played an AFC opponent on Thursday Night Football. I thought I read that somewhere. Like, this is just a very, you know, surprising matchup for a primetime football game. You know, we're used to it being, like, the Bears or the Rams or the Eagles or, you know, the the contending NFC team. So this is a, a really tough draw, too, for the Titans, who, yes, they're 6-3. and three. They just won, you know, against the Broncos. But I think they have, like, 17 players on injured reserve. Like, they're... And their injury report is just loaded. You know, they lost some guys in game against the Broncos. So to try and flip it on a short week and then come to Lambeau Field, this is this is a tough pull for them. And I don't want to say any team is better or worse than their record, you know, but I, I do think this is a very interesting six and three football team. They've won yeah. some close ones, but I don't know if they're dominant as far as like a, a true AFC contender at this point. So I think, you know, maybe we'll we'll find out more about that on Thursday. I think their sum is larger than their parts, if that makes sense. <laughs> like you see the record and you're like, okay, Titans. And then you kind of look at their roster and you're like, huh, very interesting that you've yeah. been able to go six and three, which is, I mean, we've been saying it all year. The Packers have a great team on paper and they're four and six. So clearly all that matters is going out and executing. Um, but I, I think the key in this game and you you tell me if you agree or disagree is just stopping this titans pass rush because that's been what's dominant and that's what's been keeping them in games um we talked about it pre-show right they sacked russell wilson six times in this game and you know russ is playing against i think a, a lesser offensive line um, and is actually a pretty sack-prone quarterback. But six sacks in any game against any quarterback is still incredibly impressive and they've got dudes all across this defensive front that it's going to give this Packers offensive line a really tough day. We finally got to see the starting five that we've been wanting to see all season last week. They kept Rodgers upright for the most part against, again, a very good Cowboys front. That's the Cowboys strength as well. You can argue maybe their secondary, but I'd say it's their, their pass rush with Micah Parsons. The offensive line was able to keep them in check and keep Rodgers upright. So if they're able to do that again this week, that will be huge um, because if Rodgers is getting sacked six times, his offense is not going to be able to do anything. Yeah, and I think it was interesting, too, to to be in week 10 and finally have, for the first time the entirety of the season, your starting five play the entire game. You know, it wasn't a Zach Tom game. It wasn't a, a Yash having to move around game. Like, this was just their five. Bakhtiari didn't have to sit out any at left tackle. So hopefully that's, a, you know, a building block for this offensive line, and they're able to kind of, you know, keep that momentum going in the rhythm now that the five of them are there. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think that, you know, on offense, if they're going to move the football at all, it's going to start with getting past this, this Titans D line and Danico Autry leads the team right now with seven sacks. I was reading, I think they have three sacks at least in their last six games. So they're just on a hot streak as far as getting after the quarterback. And, you know, Rogers has looked a little more mobile. I think he's maybe more comfortable doing that at Lambeau field, but mm -hmm. the idea being obviously that, you know, he needs to stay upright because if he's going to let some of these deep shots and the plays develop that we talked about in the post cowboy show, about how there's a lot more open now for this offense, he's going to need a good three, four seconds to kind of sit in the pocket. And some of these guys, Jeffrey Simmons, will see if he plays with the ankle injury, but they're they're not going to make it easy for him to, to have time back there. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's the pass rush, right? But it's also their rushing defense because they're second in the Very league good. right now in rushing defense. They're not allowing anything on the ground and – 
we know everyone listening to the show knows that the Packers can't run the ball and they get one dimensional. Um, I don't think that they have enough to be able to pass like thoroughly against this Titans team in order to beat them. They are 31st in passing defense, which is really interesting. So if you can get a more balanced ground game, passing game going like that's, it's always the formula, but it's very much the formula because this Titans team can make you really, really one dimensional. They're also first and third down defense after 10 weeks. So again, you want to get much better at getting bigger, not chunk plays, but you know, getting more than five yards on first or second down to bring up either short third downs or just not getting in a third down position at all because um, this Titans team is proven they're going to stop you. They're the best at it. Yeah. And I mean, I think that is, it's like a, like a tale of two defenses almost where they are first in the league, like you said, when it comes to rushing attempts uh, as a defense and they're 32nd in passing attempts allowed on defense. So hopefully the Packers are able to find balance. And, you know, I think that's one of the things we talked about going into the Cowboys game that was so successful for them was managing time of possession. The best way to beat like, you know, to help your defense against a player like Derrick Henry is to keep Derrick Henry off the field. So yeah. if the Packers are able to sustain their drives and move the ball, stay ahead of the sticks and put up these like seven, eight minute scoring drives, even if they end in field goals at this point, like we're still taking the three points, but just give your defense time to rest because obviously Derrick Henry leads the NFL in broken tackles. And we'll talk about the Titans offense in a little bit, but that's, I think, you know, one way for this offense to really help their defense going into Thursday night is just to, to play ahead of the sticks. And I think we'll see some shot plays. Obviously we know now that they are capable of that. Randall Cobb should be back. That'll open up some of the underneath stuff, which is really exciting. But yeah, I think just staying ahead of that pass rush is going to be at least, you know, bullet point number one, as far as how to, how to stop this Titans defense. Yeah. Good news is that the Packers offense this season has really only been able to score on really long sustained drives. They're actually not, quite there yet in their four minute, two minute drill type hurry up offense. So if that's the formula this week, that is at least what they can lean into. They're already good at it. Um, I do not necessarily agree that they're going to have Randall Cobb this week. Um, I'm, so. I'm skeptical about it. Yeah. I, he's just coming off IR. He's only really doing like individual drills in practice while he is a vet and he probably doesn't need as much ramp up time as other players do. It's a short week. If they were playing on Sunday, I'd say a hundred percent, but he's only really going to get two practices and he's coming off a pretty serious ankle injury. So, but I would love it. Obviously if he was there, they, they need their true slot receiver at the moment. Um, and yes, Rodgers just needs to get the ball out quick. I think him and his receivers this game like very, very, very much need to be on the same page. You're not going to be able to sustain like seven step, five step deep dropbacks against this Titans team. And you're going to have to do the quick passing game. And Rodgers is very good at that, right? We've seen it the last couple of seasons in Matt LaFleur's offense, but it all hinges upon his receivers being open. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I mean, I think the formula, like you said, going into this game is is pretty similar to what we wanted to see from the Packers against the Cowboys. You've got a really stout pass rush. There's, you know, their their secondary isn't, I would say, nearly as good as the Cowboys secondary. So I think there will be opportunities for one on one matchups. Watson's yeah. speed, you know, in will do a lot on its own. But guys like Lazard, Sammy Watkins, if they're able to just win their one-on-ones, I think that'll go a long way too in the comfort of this offense. And, you know, unfortunately we saw that Caleb Fairley out for the rest of the season now on injured reserve. You know, this this team is so banged up on defense that it's just to turn it around on a really short week and trot out guys that, you know, aren't full-time starters that now are, you know, going to be taking starter reps with a short turnaround traveling, it's, you know, the odds, not saying the odds are stacked against them entirely, but there's going to be opportunities for this Packers offense to take some shots. And I think I feel more comfortable now with them taking shots on Thursday, knowing that the shots were successful on Sunday. I completely agree with you. Um, and yes, I think this is going to be a game where Rodgers is going to look for those matchups that don't necessarily favor the tie-in secondary. And I think there's more of them there than there are against the Cowboys. So Hopefully it'll be another game of Christian Watson um, and getting the other guys involved. I would love to see, you know, it's cold. I hear it snowed for the first time up in Wisconsin. Am I correct? It sure did. It sure did. So this is AJ Dillon season, right? Like this is ground and pound AJ Dillon season, you know, get his legs turning, get his touches. Um, I loved the way the Packers, we talked about this on our recap show, but really balanced him and, and Aaron Jones in terms of, giving them equal rest and getting them kind of equal touches. I think if you look at the stat sheet, it very much favored Aaron Jones because he's just able to get like more explosive plays, but we're getting into the season where that's where AJ shines in terms of just trucking guys through the cold in at Lambeau. So I'd love to see them lean a little bit more. I, I loved the way that they were actually like running the inside routes like in, in between um, the guards and the center. So maybe we'll see a little, a little bit more of that kind of trying to test the Titans interior defensive line um, so that they're not able to rush as much. It's what they did against the Cowboys. There's a formula here. Unlike the past couple of weeks, last month and a half, like there's certainly clear things that the Packers offense can lean on. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's just such an interesting contrast, too, because we talked about, you know, Tony Pollard is a shifty running back who can beat you, you know, in the kind of the Aaron Jones style, if you will, of running, you know, the, the off tackle, he can get open in the flat. He's, you know, dynamic in the passing game. He's quick and he's shifty. Derek Carr will just blow you over. Like there's for a a passing or for a Packers defense that has not had a great success uh, tackling this season and is still allowing, you know, some pretty significant chunk plays on the ground that I think obviously becomes the focal point for the defense then on Thursday is how do you stop Derrick Henry? And obviously we talked about this ad nauseum going into the last time these two teams played and Derrick Henry got his, his looks, but he was under 100 yards and the Packers ran away with the thing. So, you know, we've seen Derrick Henry is the kind of player that either, you know, you stuff him and you shut down the entirety of the Titans offense 
or the entire offense rolls through him and he puts up 200 yards and that's how the Titans are winning football games. So, you know, I think that it, it's cliche to say that's the key to success on Thursday, but if you minimize Derrick Henry, you win a football game. Yep. And minimizing Derrick Henry again is keeping him under hundred yards. This isn't like saying his stat sheet needs to be like 10 carries for 25 yards, right? Like this is a guy who's going to get his, he's mm-hmm. going to probably break off a major trunk run. You need to be so you just, I think the inside linebackers in this game are going to have to be dialed into him. And I'm sure Joe Barry is preaching that all week. I'm sure Matt LaFleur is preaching that all week because he played. Remember, he coached this team. He knows this team so well, and he knows Derrick Henry as a player so well. So I think this is going to be a huge game for Quay, diagnosing the run, getting after Derrick Henry. I mean, you drafted an athletic, large inside linebacker for games like this, for games like you have to go after this huge running back who's going to barrel through you, who can get to the second level super easily. And you have to be able to tackle him at first contact. Otherwise it's, it's lights out right for Derrick Henry. And they do have some weapons and passing game, but you're right. Everything runs through him. Yeah. And I mean, I think what's so interesting about that too, is the Titans had their lowest rushing total of the season against the Broncos and we're still able to win that game. They only had 63 yards on the ground. So you know that there's a formula for them to do it. Um, I think it's different too. Now we're talking about Ryan Tannehill coming back, obviously instead of Malik Willis, those are two very different styles of quarterback play. So the Packers obviously at this point sounds like they're prepping for Ryan Tannehill. He'll be the starter now that he's back. Um, Like you said, there are some weapons in that receiving core, but it's been kind of like a hit or miss offense for them as far as the passing game is concerned. Just, you know, sometimes the receivers are on the same page with Tannehill. Other times, you know, it feels like they're missing a true one like they had in AJ Brown before they traded him to the Eagles. So it really just feels like it's the Derrick Henry offense. And unfortunately for the Packers, tackling giant running backs has not been Mm -hmm. their strength this season. And I think, you know, a lot of that again is, you're missing Rashawn Gary, who can help set the edge. The defensive yeah. line has not played up to the standard that we expected them to be playing. So I agree with you 100% that this game is is about the inside linebackers, gap integrity, and just wrapping up. And, you know, I feel better that Darnell Savage is playing close to the line of scrimmage because you have a guy like Rudy Ford and Adrian Amos to kind of be your second line of defense. But yeah, let's hope Joe Barry sticks with that because... I think the Derrick Henry versus Darnell Savage in the open field, it ends in a Derrick Henry touchdown. (laughs) I do want to talk a little bit about their passing game. And I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of would have loved a Malik Willis start. I think Mm -hmm. like watching him, especially against the Chiefs, was really fun. fun. Um, He's he's the future of this team. It's very clear. Um, but they do have some guys, right? Robert Woods was one. They grabbed him in the offseason as a semi There's no one really that can replace A.J. Brown, right? But um, semi-replacement, they grabbed him off the Rams. I know Packers fans actually would have loved to have him on this offense. Um, and they drafted Traylon Burks, which was another player that I think Packers fans would have really loved to see in a Matt LaFleur offense. This is kind of – he was touted as a little bit more of a gadget player because that's what he played – in um in college but i think he's been able to do a lot more than that for this titans offense he's had some injuries so he's been on and off the field i guess similar to some of the packers mm-hmm. uh offensive weapons right but so they have guys and austin hooper as kind of that vet that Tannehill can throw to he only Tannehill only needs to make a handful of throws every game to keep mm-hmm. this titans like he has to do the bare 
minimum. Just be a game manager and that's it. Yeah. yeah, game manager. Don't make any mistakes. He doesn't tend to make mistakes either. He play like the Titans, I think, play a pretty clean game. So this is just going to be about stopping the run. And hopefully the secondary can make a couple of make a couple of plays against this um, this offensive core that doesn't really like jump off the page. It's shocking to go and look at, you know, the Titans depth in the wide receiver room and see that Robert Woods leads the team with 266 receiving yards through nine games, like 266 yards in nine games is insane. And for all you want to talk about, you know, everybody wants to talk about the Packers receiving core. And I know, you know, like Christian Watson will have inflated stats, obviously after a really good performance, but like Lazard's almost at 500. Tunyon, the tight end who hasn't seen too many looks the last couple weeks, is over 300 at least. So, you know, like it's just – but again, when you when you just have to be a game manager and you just kind of need a couple shots here and there to sustain drives because you have a guy like Derrick Henry in the backfield, the expectation, I think, is a lot different for that kind of offense. But one of the things that I'm, you know, just really curious, you know, to see your thoughts on how they handle this is the Titans offense in the red zone. First in the league at – Uh, They're scoring a touchdown 76% of the time, first in the NFL. And we've talked about it, you know, previous weeks where I think this is a game that you have to, to force field goals because if, if Derrick Henry gets down inside the five, I, I don't, I don't love it. No, (laughs) This Packers team in the red zone is really interesting. I would actually love to know where they stand um, on that list in terms of red zone defense. I mean, the key here, right, is to just not let a team get into the red zone. If you're if you're first in the league and you're scoring on 76 percent of red zone trips, that's huge. I mean, that's Packers 2020 offense level. Right. So just don't let them get there. And if you're going to let them get there, I mean, again, I think it it puts the Packers in a really like unadvantageous position because what they're going to end up doing is they're going to expect the handoff to Derrick Henry when you're down there. They're going to maybe stack the box, everything gets condensed and then very easy for a Titans offensive, you know, wide receiver tight end to just leak out and nobody's out there covering. It's just a bad formula for this Packers defense. I don't see it going well. We've seen it time and time again. So just keep them out of the red zone. That's the answer. Yeah. The Packers defense is eighth in the league, actually in red zone defense. They're allowing a touchdown at 51% of drives, which is, is pretty good. And I, there's something about it it almost, you know, I hate using the bend don't break with like the Mike Pettin philosophy, but it feels like when they get to a condensed field, they take more shots and take more risks. And that's when you see like the Rudy Ford pick, like it's, it's almost like when they have too much field to work with, that's when they, you know, they play soft coverage, they play off and, you know, they're letting guys pick up chunk plays. But then when the field is condensed to down like 10 yards, if you can stack the box against Derrick Henry, but then you let your your secondary your dbs play you know really kind of aggressive and physical that's i think where we're we're gonna see some success from them so derrick henry is still obviously the threat i think when you get down to the red zone but i do think that we've seen some some nice moments from this packers defense the last couple weeks capitalizing when they have that short condensed field to work with yeah and it's interesting you bring that up because i was going to ask you a question is love your thoughts on whether this is a perfect game for the Packers to play a little bit more man, because it's a very, I think evenly matched up offensively. It's not like, I mean, even the Cowboys have, I think more kind of offensive passing weapons. We've seen that a couple of, of the last few games, but Titans don't really right? So you can stick 
Jair on Robert Woods, their quote unquote number one all game. You can stick Rasul on Traylon Burks and then have everyone else kind of deal with Derrick Henry. And I think you're okay, right? You can you can play that more sticky man because you just don't have to sit in the zone and watch all the weapons and try to figure out. And Ryan Tannehill, he can he can use his legs, but he's not like the most mobile quarterback. So it's also not something like with a Justin Fields or some of the other mobile quarterbacks the Packers have seen where you're going to have to kind of spy and keep an eye on him either. Especially coming off the ankle injury, you know, and we thought that with Daniel Jones, obviously, but I think Tannehill is going to be more hesitant in those opportunities because of the ankle injury that he just sustained and is just now coming back from. But I I agree 100%. There's no CeeDee Lamb. There's no A.J. Brown. There's no Justin Jefferson, you know, for this Titans offense right now that is going to command the kind of attention that you'd want to put Jair on. So however you line up, you know, whoever is playing man to man, I think, you know, even Rasul could take Robert Woods. Like I feel comfortable with, with the Packers secondary in those options, in those, you know, moments and those opportunities, I think you have to stack the box. And I think a large part of that again is because of the loss of Rashawn Gary. So you need to kind of funnel this offense through the pocket and they have to stay with that pressure coming in from, from that offensive line. Um, the defense has got to, you know, got to make Tannehill uncomfortable. You got to stuff Derrick Henry when you can, because if he gets outside of the tackles, it's, you know, that's when you're going to run into trouble though, is if you stack the box and then he gets out of the tackles because your, your corners are playing man. So I don't know. I, I, I hope that that is what we see. It feels like it makes the most sense from a defensive philosophy at this point, but we'll see. I don't think we've, we've seen too much that we we predicted a lot would happen and then we haven't seen too much of it on the field. So I just, I, I think it's a big game. <laughs> True. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's gotta be a big game. I would love to see like a Quay Walker blitz. Yeah. I did like the Darnell Savage blitzes. I thought that those, you know, kind of, you know, kept Dak uncomfortable against the Cowboys. So you have to add in pressure somewhere, right? You yes. lose your star past rusher. You have one guy in Preston Smith, who unfortunately is more of an in tandem with your star, right? Preston Smith gets his moments because of everyone else doing their job on the line. And when you lose Rashawn Gary, he kind of has to pick up that slack. You're getting Kenny Clark, who's just not showing up on the stat sheet nearly as much as you would like him to. He's getting double teamed a good amount, but no one, someone needs to like fill in and you're never going to fully, this is like a Devontae Adams question in the off season. Like, how do you fill this hole? Like you're just simply not going to fill a Rashawn Gary size hole on your D line, right? He is one of the best. He was becoming like one of the best pass rushers in the league this season. So you have to fill in somewhere. And we saw it a little bit with the DB blitzes. I'd love to see Quay Walker do it more. Although if you're going to be using him as more of like that run game spy, then you're not going to send him right. Unless it's an obvious passing down. So um, Joe Barry's going to have to continue to get creative with pressure. Cause you simply just can't continue like the rest of the season with only getting like one or two QB hits. It's just, it's not a winning formula and eventually quarterbacks are going to just be able to pick your secondary apart because they have all the time in the world. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, again, Derek Henry can make or break this game, but the Titans are 26th in the league in points for, we talked about it a little bit on the recap show. Um, they're pretty much in line with the Packers. The Packers are 25th in points for, so neither team is putting up a ton of points. And I think that's kind of, you know, this could be an ugly slog of a game because you've got short week for both teams. 
injuries you know the packers arguably are healthier than the titans at this point they have the luxury of crazy right they they have the luxury of getting to play at home and not having to travel which helps a lot it's their kind of weather which you know the packers always typically get up for we're hoping that you know there's maybe a little bit of snow but at least it's going to be cold sounds like it'll be in the 20s it'll be a a good night game um, under the lights the packers are in their all whites rogers typically plays really well as you pointed out on twitter (laughs) in the all whites so yeah i mean this could be just like a a ground and pound ugly kind of game. But I think if the Packers are able to play mistake free football, which we talk about as such a cliche every week, but you know, if you're not fumbling the ball away, giving them opportunities, the secondary, I think they've had a pick in like seven straight games. And I just don't know if I see Rogers giving them an opportunity this week without cleanly he's been playing at least after the lions game. I agree with you. I think he is definitely in the mindset of I'm done throwing picks this season. I've hit my quota and you're not going to see any more from me. Um, Or at least let's hope. I freaking love the color rush jerseys. They are so clean. They are so fun. And yes, Rogers always goes off in them. You can look at the stats. Two players on this team have had their breakout games in the color rush, Lazard and Robert Tunyon. So who knows? Maybe it'll be like a Samori Toure or a Josiah Degora freakout <laughs> game this Thursday night. But um, I think at the end of the day, I think I feel good about a Packers win. Um, score prediction, you know, look, this Titans team is giving up very, very few points. I think it's 84 points in the last six games. It's nothing. So it's going to be a test for this offense who hasn't been able to put up points until last week. But I'm thinking like, like 24, 20, 21, 20. So so it's going to be very close. Um, These are pretty evenly matched teams, but I think at home Packers, you got to win. Yeah, I agree with you. I was thinking like 24, 17, 21, 17, 24, 20, like you said, like just a really, you know, I think both teams will get their points. Derek Henry, I think will get his touchdown. Like, you know, it's like you said, these guys are going to get their touches. They are some of the best players in the NFL, but I just think that this Packers defense can do enough to mitigate what the Titans are good at, that if they're able to protect Aaron Rodgers at all on the offensive side of the ball, um, we've seen, you know, the success that he's had with his young wide receivers. And it's it's a one game sample size at this point. So you can't, you know, put too much stock in it. But if Cobb does come back, you know, we've got Lazard, you've got Watson. We talked about it on the post game show, right, where everything is opening up now. There's building blocks for this offense. And I think that this Titans defense, especially in the secondary, is another really good building block for this Packers offense to capitalize against. So Roger stays upright. You're at home at Lambeau. If you can get the running game going at all against the Titans pass rush and keep Derrick Henry under even 150 yards. I mean, I think Tony Pollard went for like 120, you know, so, so there's ways to win the game. Even if he's getting chunks, you just have to mitigate what happens when they get down into the red zone. But you know, that's why we say the games, they play them because on paper we have all the answers here. Obviously we just, we just laid out how to do it. So now they have to go do it. Yep. All right. I think that sums up our preview show. Um, thanks for listening. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at PWSS Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitch at Pax What She Said. You can follow Maggie at Maggie J. Loney on Twitter and me at Perry underscore Goldstein. Um, we will be back with a Titans recap show. Might be a little off schedule given that it's a Thursday night. Um, maybe with Maggie, maybe with a special <laughs> guest. You will be surprised. Um, and as always, um, go pack up. Go pack up.